I, I remember about a 48 hour period of being like, wow, I, you know, almost frozen. Welcome back to another edition of the Good and Grounded podcast, a project that was born out of the global pandemic and our interest in shedding light on where the biggest needs exist in our Colorado communities and what you and I can do as engaged community members to make a difference. I'm Jim Licko, and along with my co-host, Laura Love, uh, today we're spending time talking about a subject that is on the mind of many parents in Colorado, particularly right now. How can summer camps, as we all know them, safely reopen when we're still in the midst of battling a pandemic? So we've asked someone who knows uh, quite a bit about the ins and outs of the business uh, better than most. Yes. Today's guest was born in South Africa, was the captain of the University of Michigan lacrosse team, and has been teaching and leading groups in outdoor and outdoor settings for more than 20 years. He holds a master's in school counseling from the University of Northern Colorado and has been with Avid for Adventure for more than, gosh, 18, 20 years, 18 years. Um, and now he serves as its CEO. Welcome, Paul. So great to be here. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Laura. Yeah, Paul, welcome to the show. And congrats on um, being a fellow Outside Magazine Best Place to Work award winner. Yeah, it's a pretty fun, pretty fun thing. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, and, and right back at you. We're, uh, it's excited to be in great company, and, and you all do great work at Ground Floor Media. Happy to be talking with you all today. We appreciate that, and it sounds like you guys have been busy too. You also were just awarded your B Corp certification, um, and I think only the second summer camp in the world that's a certified B Corp. Um, so, congrats on that as well. But for those who aren't familiar with with Avid, can you share a bit about the company? You bet. Yeah. So um, you were close, Laura. This is our 17th year, but we were founded in 2004. Um, our, our mission in the world is to empower kids to lead active and healthy outdoor lifestyles. Our, our medium to do that is adventure sports. So we get kiddos away from screens and out into the outdoors, rock climbing and mountain biking, paddling, hiking, backpacking, those sorts of things. But it, to, to the end of, of really healthy lifestyles, meaning uh, increase in confidence in, in kids' lives and uh, increase in their own uh, sense of fulfillment and, and increase in, in just being active and connected to, to nature, to themselves and, and to others. And we do that through, as you mentioned, a whole bunch of summer camps. So we run uh, day camps, uh, resident sleepaway camps, and a bunch of expedition camping uh, camps as well uh, across three states right now. Mm. That's awesome. Well, I have to just say thank you from as a mom because you saved me from the pain of having, or your counselors did, from the pain of having to teach my now nine-year-old how to ride a bike. So years and years ago, I dropped him off with his little bike at Avid and I came home and he knew how to ride a bike. So yeah, I appreciate I, I appreciate that, Laura. You know, hopefully we do great work for kids and great work for our staff, but also we consider ourselves a service company for, for parents. And and sometimes kids just need to hear it from a different voice. Of you know, you're you say one thing over and over again, whether that's learning a bike or hey, get off that video game screen, and and it just doesn't work. And and, and that that's part of where we come in. Absolutely. Well, like this time about this time last year, you and I talked and. Um, I was saying the same thing. I got to get my kids off the screen. And actually your counselors saved me once again and took my kid away from Fortnite or whatever he was playing and put him on a stand-up paddleboard. So, but you obviously pivoted really quickly last year. And I know that was a lot, you know, based on the fact this hit in March, you were already probably mid-registration, if not really far into it. 
take us back to, you know, a year ago, how did you guys and your team pivot and handle what was in front of you? Yeah, I, you know, the date that I always, for whatever reason, March 10th always sticks in my brain where, where I think it was the date that um, nationally it was declared a state of emergency on the federal level. And it was, I, I remember about a 48 hour period where I, as, as CEO, as leader of this company, as, as you mentioned, Laura, with, with so many people already signed up for camp and so much uncertainty, like, you know, extraordinary levels of uncertainty at that point. Um, I remember about 48 hours of, of being like, wow, I, you know, almost frozen and, and, um, uncertain of, of how to lead and how to act. And then, as you mentioned, Laura, what, what we chose to do as an organization is, um, is, is a dramatic pivot. And really, everybody's job descriptions, everybody's roles um, just got thrown out the window. And, and we, we actually practice this every, every year. We do simulated critical incident responses in case something, you know, a, a giant emergency happens at camp and the structure is set up and ro- different roles that people play. And I feel like, you know, within 48 hours of response from March 10th, we, we moved into this critical incident response where it didn't matter what your job was. We broke into three distinct task forces, different teams with different leadership structures. And it was actually really empowering for our full-time staff to step into these different roles. And in, in these three groups, we, um, over the next six week period, we created three new businesses. We went into just rapid iteration of, of business planning for this new environment that we were in and then changing that business plan because the environment changed a week later and, and moved that into testing phases and then launched three new businesses about six weeks in about, um, uh, middle of April, end of April. Uh, and those were the, the camps, so the alternative camps that we ended up running in the summer last year. Yeah, because I participated. Well, you saved my life twice last year because I also participated in your new business plan, which was, uh, I can't remember the right word for it, but camp at home. And you actually sent a counselor to our house with another family and almost <laughs> created many camps for the week, which was amazing. Yeah. And, and we, we just, in those task forces, we just had to bring in creativity and innovation in a really quick manner, in the startup manner. And you're, you're exactly right. We launched one program called Camp at Home, which sometimes I thought of it of adventure Mary Poppins, right? And <laughs> I, I so appreciate your words, Laura, of like, we saved you. And I feel like, you know, our instructors kind of like Mary Poppins did in the movie, came and, and saved <laughs> saved the day with their grab bag of adventure sports. Um, and it was a week long where just one instructor would come work with a very small group, four or five kids in and around the home. You know, really what this turned into in the fall was learning pods. We were just in advance of what folks then started calling learning pods. So we were running kind of adventure learning pods that we called Camp at Home. And we will run those camps again this year, in addition to layering back in more camp as usual. Um, I, I know for a fact that, you know, one of the other things that's changed recently is now parents are concerned that, you know, kids 16 and under aren't eligible for vaccines and um, what can they do to properly protect their children and that type of thing. What are you guys doing from from plans for this spring and summer um, to, to manage the concerns from parents about how, you know, sending their kids to day camps or even those overnight camps? You, you know, Jim, first answer to your question of what we're doing, we feel really fortunate as I just mentioned, to, to have run camp last year, uh, about 60 to 70% of summer camps nationally 
didn't open their doors last year. And, and so we, we, we had 9,000 registrations of camp last year and zero cases of COVID in campers, zero transmission at camp at all. So, you know, in many ways we are, um, we have this advantage that we have learning from last year and are taking that learning and just making those systems even better, but feel really good about the systems that we had in place. And then we layer on top of that easier access to testing and providing testing available and um, spontaneous testing with our staff throughout the summer. And then also layer on top of that, yes, not vaccines for kiddos, but we're going to be pretty darn close to 100% vaccination rate for our staff. And so that's a level of protection for us. So we're just building on, on lessons learned from last year. And then also just work, working really closely with the state and county health professionals to be a part of those conversations. And hopefully in advance of as things change for the general public, that we are on top of those changes a, a week or a couple of weeks before they uh, go live. So we're able to plan a little bit in advance. That's awesome. I know talking to other parents about summer camp, we, it's not, it's not a joke. It's true. It's, you prioritize safety, but you also think about these kiddos who have been sitting behind a computer screen and their mental health and getting them back to camp and back to normal living as they knew it is really key. So I guess from a, from a camp perspective, are you prioritizing mental health for these kids and for your counselors? And if so, how are you doing that? And I would, I would add um, a third group in there, our full-time staff as well. So, so, you know, this is a great question. Thank you, Laura, for asking about just emotional mental health and, and just stress management for, for kids, for parents, um, for our staff and for, for our seasonal staff, our instructors and, and for our full-time staff. Um, it is, has always been a priority. As you mentioned in intro, my, my secondary degree is as a counselor. So, I geek out on this all the time and uh, I've actually for another organization helped put together um, psychological first aid or stress first aid curriculum. And there's five main principles for stress first aid and making sure that we're checking into our emotional first aid. Um, and and th these are things like creating a sense of safety, creating connection, creating calmness, creating um, a self of uh, a sense of self-efficacy and group efficacy. And these are things very fortunately, similar to what you were saying, Jim, in terms of as outdoor professionals, we have this mindset to handle change. Fortunately, at Avid, we've had this mindset and have trained to psychological first aid and emotional responses for years. And, and so every instructor, every full-time staff, this is just in the backdrop of us anytime we're going climbing or paddling or hiking with kids. And, and so we're just turning up the dial a little bit on that training, but that is just a part of our culture where people, um, one, raise their awareness to that this is important for, for all, all people to be proactive on this, even if you're not, even if you can't, it's kind of like if you, if you're, you should drink water before you feel thirsty, right? You should take care of your own emotional first aid before you reach a stress point. So we raise awareness to that and then we provide tangible ways to how to create that sense of safety, like providing um, financial support for our staff who need financial support. They just apply into it. A and in the intangible ways as well of just this culture of communication and um, consistent, calm communication for, from, from supervisors and such. Okay, so we're gonna just take a quick pause. 
And we're not going to talk about camp for a second because rumor has it that in middle school, you and your friend tried to break the world record for eating the most amount of donuts in the shortest amount of time. Yeah, I think I needed Avid for Adventure when I was in middle school. I obviously was really bored. And yes, a friend of ours. Uh, another fun fact, I, I grew up in Newton, Massachusetts, where oh. the very first Dunkin' Donuts was in Newton, Massachusetts. Oh. So, um, and, and we got some local media came and took some pictures and um, we're going to write a story. But then they didn't because I think we were needing to eat like 16 donuts in a minute and a half or so, which seemed very reasonable. <laughs> And I, I think I ate one and a half donuts and that I was done. So we didn't come close. Oh, I will never let my sons listen to this podcast because I can only imagine what they will do with this information. Uh, but Jim and I decided since we knew this one fun fact about you, we were going to make you, we knew you were grace under pressure. So we're going to ask you a few questions about you. There's no need to prepare, nor did we give you any time to. So just rapid fire. You can tell us first thing that comes to mind. All right. Your favorite place you've ever traveled outside of the United States? Oh, I feel so fortunate to have traveled so many places. Um, you know, I'm a mountain person and I'm drawn to mountains and I, I feel really fortunate. I've been to the Himalaya several times, northern India, Bhutan and Nepal. And like just that part of the world is very special for me. All right. What's your favorite coffee shop in Colorado? Ooh, tough one. I, um, I do like Beliza a lot in, in Boulder. And I also, for longevity, I've, I've probably spent more time in Trident um, Cafe and booksellers in, in downtown Boulder than more other than anywhere else. Good spot. It's an easy place to easy place to spend time for sure. Um, this is a good one. Laura was writing these questions, and I, I was interested to hear your take on it. If you could only pack three things before you left for summer camp, what what would they be? Um, uh, clothes that could be wet and dry, quick drying clothes. Um, a, a really durable water bottle where the top's not going to break and an awesome pas positive attitude. Awesome. All right. Last question. If you were to choose an actor to play you in a movie, who would you choose and why? You know, a bunch of years ago, someone told me that I reminded them of Tom Cruise. Um, and I do like the Mission Impossible movies. So I, maybe Tom Cruise. There you go. Seems like a good one. Perfect. Um, one of the things that we, we've been asking, um, I'm curious to hear your take on this too, we've been asking a lot of our guests um, more recently is, what, what would one big learning be for you as a leader over the past year? Um, and then combining that with, you know, maybe where was one, one place that you failed uh, that, you, that you didn't learn from? And maybe, maybe they're the same thing, maybe they're different, but um, we love thinking critically from a leadership standpoint, you know, at our office. And, and so we always love hearing from leaders like you to say, hey, here's what we did wrong. Or, man, right out of the gate, we decided to do this and it was the right thing. Uh, do you have specific things that stick out in your mind for either of those? Yeah, so so many different failure points, so many things that we try. You know, we um, one of those businesses that I mentioned that we spun up was online camp, um, who would think an outdoor adventure company doing camp online. Fundamentally, our mission is to get kids off of screens, and we were doing a screen-based camp. And so we, through a lot of trial and error, there was a lot of failure. And then, you know, uh, I, to the to the credit of others on my team, uh, we created this really nice product that that um, had incredible satisfaction from both staff and kids um, last year at this online camp. So just many, many failures. But which brings me, you know, what I heard you say, Jim, in terms of your first question of. What, what am I taking with me, right? What am I really carrying forward? Um, really, I think of two words. I think of humility and gratitude. 
And I feel like in many ways, hopefully I've um, approached leadership opportunities with those two tenets already. But I think now more than ever, just humility and gratitude, understanding that, yeah, we're going to fail a whole bunch. And that's the humility side. And greatness takes a really long time to get to. And then the gratitude side of we're really small in, in this in this grand story that that is unfolding. And, and so just gratitude what we have and, and really having that mindset of even when everything is going wrong, um, seemingly in our world, uh, to, to, that we can still find gratitude. And that's really helpful in those moments. Well, Paul, I appreciate all the things you've shared with us. Uh, you know, we always try and leave these episodes with one thing to leave our listeners, one thing they can do to get involved. And in this case, I, I imagine that, that the listeners will be primarily parents or potential, you know, staff counselors that would be looking for summer camp as either a career or a place to send their kiddos. So is there anything that you can say as parents or, or young people are thinking about, you know, their next step and what summer camp might mean? Yeah, you know, for, for both of those populations, we, we still have camps available for, for kids and to be that savior for parents, as you mentioned, Laura, and we, we are hiring a bunch of staff right now um, across all three of the states that we operate, um, California, Oregon, and Colorado. And folks can get all of that information just by either going to our website, which is avid4, avid and then the number 4.com. Um, or I'm happy for folks to just email me directly too. I, I'm always love to put myself out there to talk to, um, anyone and to just be of support. And you can get me at just paul at avid4.com. Um, so folks go to the website or email me, uh, happy to be of help finding that connection and just finding that, um, that empowerment, that fulfillment and that kind of return to some, some normalcy, some, some outdoor pursuits this summer. That's awesome. I have to tell you one last thing before we go. I was reviewing your website for this purpose, not to enroll my kids at camp, but I need to do that too. Um, and I love your values that you state for um, the camp. It's for Abbott. It's just awesome. So thank you for hiring for that, living for that, and teaching our young kiddos about those important values. Well, it's, it's our pleasure. I feel incredible. One of the things I'm grateful for is to um, work somewhere that I'm passionate about the core values of, of where I work and they I bring them into my personal life as well and uh, I'm grateful for that and I'm grateful for the opportunity to um, hang out with y'all and, and share some of that with, with you and your viewers well thanks for thanks for the time Paul and um, cheers to getting back to outdoor activities in the summer and summer camps and kids having fun outside We like to end every episode with our one cool thing, one cool thing that we saw, one positive thing that we uh, maybe experienced in our community. And uh, I'm a board member of the Denver Metro Chamber Leadership Foundation, and we planned uh, some activities around National Volunteer Week, which was the week of April 19th. Um, and the, I think the cool part about it was as we start to come out of this pandemic a little bit and people get vaccinated and start to see more opportunities to, to get out and see people and do things, we had a variety of activities planned, everything from virtual volunteering and writing thank you notes for Volunteers of America to uh, to actually working with uh, Mile High United Way on some in-person activities on Thursday of that week. And then we also did a Food for Thought 
Denver uh, packing up bags for kids on Friday of that week. And we ended up having uh, over 50 volunteers show up for the in-person events, um, hundreds of letters written for uh, Volunteers of America. And so I just think it's so nice to start to see not only people getting out and about again, but having those opportunities to, to contribute to your community and your uh, nonprofit organizations that you care about in person. It's just, it's nice to see uh, here on the end of this pandemic. Mm, that's awesome. Leadership Foundation always does such great work. Thanks for being a part of it. And for those of you listening, thanks for joining us for this week's episode about summer camps. I know I, for one, am very excited they are open this year. Be sure to listen to Good and Grounded on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you hear of a good story that needs to be shared, let us know. Drop us a line and subscribe and let's do some good in our Colorado communities. 